Hello, I'm Ros Chandler from Fieldgate Flowers. You are listening to the Cut Flower Podcast. This is for you if you want to learn more about growing your own cut flowers. We'll cover loads of subjects, things like citing a patch, your soil, manure and compost, seeds and germination, perennials and biennials, foliage and so much more. We'll have some exciting guests along the way. Thank you very much for listening. And to talk to us about bugs. Tessa, tell us all about where you're from, how you set it up, all about Ladybird Plant Care. Ladybird Plant Care has been in existence since the beginning, um, early 2000s. I haven't been running it since then. I'm not that old. Um, but about, uh, well, in November 2018, I bought the company from a friend, a good friend, and I had been setting it up in the background for um, the, the summertime. And I rebuilt the website and redid all the information and got online in November 2018. And I've been running it ever since. So it's been a steep learning curve at the very beginning. And now there's lots of questions that I can answer. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Learning curve for us all, I think, hasn't it been? Yeah. But I yeah. think there's definitely a movement towards using more biological control in cut flower growing and in, in the garden generally. I've seen it definitely. I mean, I've been in flower farming 10 years. And then the last two years, I've definitely seen a movement to people saying, well, it's an alternative. And is there something else I can do other than slug pellets? Um, yes. Can I do? So I think it's been, yeah, it's been a mixture of people getting into gardening uh, people wanting to change their ways to put more, be more organic, and those non-organic products stopping to be in existence. So the really good slug pellets you can't get anymore. So that is meaning that people are moving to the more organic way of doing things, which is fantastic. Um, and I think once people get started and realise that it's really easy, um, it's not going to make you squeamish. Um, no. They're bugs. They're just bugs like the bugs you've already got um but they're fantastic yeah yeah and we can talk about the ones I've used this year in a minute but let's let's have a reflection I suppose we're getting towards the end of the cut flower season now which is kind of odd when I was out there this evening I was sort of still watering which is a nice thing and but I've started to close the tunnels up at night now and then you know that actually the temperature's dropping at night but if we can look at the top I don't know three or four bugs that we've all had this year and what your recommendation is for them because obviously we've had quite a few we've had slugs here which we've never had before I think the the something happened with the weather this year but we've never had slugs and we did for the first time ever and also um we did have aphids on our roses um but perhaps if we just go through two or three you know of the main ones that people would have got to this year that would be yeah so the weather has been fantastic for insects um (laughs) and slugs um, and snails. The weather's been warm and wet, and that's perfect weather conditions. And coupled to that, you've also got what, as I said, the slug pellets have now been banned. And this year, we had a shortage of slug nematodes in the really key growing season. So yeah. there was no nematodes available. They're made by one company, and if the batch goes wrong, the batch goes wrong in that six weeks, and that happened twice. So we were 12 weeks without nematodes that's going to have an effect on the population of slugs. They're going to go, brilliant, this is great. Um, and they explode in numbers. And the only way that you can combat that is really 
this time of year, you should be buying your nematodes and putting your nematodes down now because the less slugs you have now, the less slugs you will have next year. Because right now, they're laying eggs in your garden and in your fields and your future self really wants you to stop them from doing that. So um, applying nematodes now, a lot of people will think, oh, well, my growing season's finished. It's too late now to apply nematodes. I don't have anything to protect. But actually what you're doing is protecting your really young seedlings that you're going to be growing in spring and your tender young plants next year. And the best way to do that is to get rid of the slugs now. Um, Other than that, aphids have been big huge and they started early they always are I think people notice the more the more they grow and the more attention they pay to what they're growing and with all these things the more you grow wonderful delightful food for them the more they will come so all of what I do is boosting the population of a natural predator and the reason we're doing that is because we've boosted the population of the pest by growing more so Aphids have been have been big. They've been a really big problem. Um, they reproduce um, massively. They're fast. They in the spring and summer they lay babies, and in the autumn they lay eggs, which will then overwinter and come back at you in the spring. <laughs> so again, um, you may not see many aphids, but someone sent a picture of aphids today. So you might not see so many aphids now, and you might think, well. Um, I'm done. I'm done with this year. Don't worry. The aphids can have their last little hurrah, hurrah. But they're laying eggs and those eggs will be around all winter. It's not cold enough here for those um, for the pest to die out over winter. They just have a winter phase and for aphids that's eggs and for slugs that's eggs. And they'll come back at you in the spring. So with aphids, you're looking at spraying everything down with horticultural soap cleaning meticulously especially places like greenhouses have got loads and loads of great places for insects to hide and to lay their eggs and to overwinter so you need to be doing a really really deep clean think like a bug think of all the places you'd like to hide down canes in crevices down the cracks of paving under the lips of pots all of in between pots perfect place so where you're cleaning things and putting things away for the winter Think about wrapping them up so that they're not, they don't become hidey holes for, for the pests that you don't want next year. And then I guess in joint third would be the flower pests that are more prevalent indoors, which would be spider mite and thrips, who both have a similar way of working in that they are like aphids. They eat plant material and they grow in numbers reasonably quickly and they can lead to plant death by getting rid of all the leaves. The leaves wither and die. Um, spider mite will take hold really quickly in warm weather, especially in polytunnels and greenhouses. They absolutely love it. The warmer it is, they like warm, dry conditions. Mm. So you need to keep it damped down and that will control them. But you're probably not going to be seeing much spider mite and thrips now outside or really in the polytunnel, it's a bit colder now. But it doesn't mean that they won't overwinter and come back next year. So yeah, it is about cleaning nematodes down for all the pests that you have in the soil. Daddy long legs is crane fly huge at the moment, and that means they're going to be coming back in huge numbers next year. So if you're growing on what was once grassland, you need to watch out for lots of crane fly mm-hmm. because they again like root 
eaters and there's some plants that can stand it and some plants that really can't stand their roots being eaten away depending on how much eating is done the other thing is that they attract the birds and you don't well, depending on what you're growing and where you might not want the birds digging around digging up plants and that kind of thing so yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a phase of um cleaning yes definitely I, I quite like it it is a phase of cleaning and and getting ready for the next year and we'll certainly be putting our nematodes down because I know mm. we're going to have a slug problem again next year. And it's the only yeah. thing that's ever worked, honestly, is nem- nematodes. And then the um, parasitic wasps that we had, I think, in the tunnels for the aphids yeah. were amazing. Aphelites. Um, yes. They're like an aphid midge and they come as little unhatched cocoons. Fantastic. And then you let them go. And I think the one piece of advice I'd have with that is you've got to be patient because obviously you've got a, a new, you've, you've, you know, you've bought your little wasps and you put them in there and you sit there thinking, oh, how long is it going to take? Because it's not instant and it's about getting the balance of nature right again. And I think you've got to really be patient and think, I'm just going to, I'm I'm going to wait it out. I'm really going to, I'm going to trust this. It's going to work. And, and therefore, um, it did work. You know, there were our prized David Austin roses and it would it was hard just to leave them. Um, but we did and it worked and we haven't had it back. We've still. Yeah, and it's not labour intensive. The bugs do it all for you. It's not like even using an organic spray, you're going to have to spray that every day. And obviously yeah. hand removal is even more time consuming, squishing every single bug. Um, but yeah, you do need to be patient. And in some cases, you do need to retreat after four weeks, after six weeks, however long it is. But with like with the slug nematodes, they're only going to be really, really effective if you do them consistently throughout the year, because all of these creatures have life cycles and you're not going to kill off the eggs with nematodes. So once the eggs are down, unless you remove them, they will hatch out and you will need to catch that next generation before yeah. they go on, grow up, lay eggs. It all continues. So it's breaking the life cycle. And with the things like the parasitic wasps, they're creating their own life cycle inside your growing space. And yes, you need to let them do that. They are reproducing inside the aphid. I know, it's very odd. I thought it was very odd. So nematodes treating now for slugs for next year, how often would you be doing that now through the winter? So you're probably going to get one more treatment done before the soil temperature goes below five degrees, which is the coldest that they will work. Yeah. Um, if we continue to have warm, mild weather, slug eggs take two weeks to hatch out. So you may be looking at doing a treatment now and a treatment in six weeks. But check your farmer's weather forecast. It has, yep. soil, temp- <laughs> it has soil temperature forecast in there as well for seven days. Um, right now is the perfect time. It's damp enough for you not to have to water. It's warm so the slugs like it and the nematodes love it. Do a treatment now. See where your soil temperature is in six weeks. Ideally, you would do two treatments in the in the late summer, autumn, but it really depends where we go with the weather as to yeah. you can. Um, other so the nematodes for vine weevil and the nematodes for slugs you can use right down to five degrees. All the other nematodes is ten. So if you're looking at nematodes for fungus mats, scarab fly, or um, any of the root flies, then it's ten degrees for those. Right. I should be taking my soil temperature, but you're right, it's still quite warm. I mean, we're it still really warm. out and so on, it's really warm. So I'd like to do one treatment, of course, of nematodes now and see if I could do another one just before the winter because, yeah, it hits you. In the spring, the, the problem you've got in the spring is that you're so busy 
and you're yeah. getting your seasons out and you're putting everything out and you you kind of also in the spring so soil takes the soil takes a little bit of time to warm up so the slugs are hatching out and you can't use your nematodes yet because it's not warm enough right now it takes a long time to cool down it's a bit like the sea it takes a long time to cool down a really long time to warm up again so depending on where you live you might be thinking oh i've got all these things coming out of soil and it's too early to treat so yeah your future self would be so pleased if you just get that <laughs> i shall be looking at my future self come the spring yeah as we've i mean we're putting seeds out in the tunnel like mad now we did we've done two thousand seedlings so far um so we're preparing big for next year so the last thing yeah. i want a little slug to come along and eat them all it drive me mad yeah. and they, they, they get through so much the first time in 10 years we've had, yeah it's the weather um how about uh ladybirds let's talk ladybirds the ladybirds i saw one i someone sent me a video of one munching on some aphids today Real. because <laughs> i have purchased ladybirds before and bought them in just to supplement obviously um yeah. and try and put them because lupins you know and but, but i mean you need a big big lot of uh, ladybirds to be able to you know eat all your insects away but ladybirds are good which is why you've probably called ladybird plant care yeah well and also they're pretty cute oh, but, no. um I, but with the uh, ladybirds i would go with the larvae rather than the adults because they are starving hungry and they don't fly so if you leave the polytunnel door open they're not going to fly away so you get a bit more longevity out of them whereas um what some people find with ladybirds especially if they're using them in a space that's not fully enclosed yeah. they might nip, they might nip next door annoying yeah you've got <laughs> these ladybirds and off they've gone yeah yeah, yeah. that's absolutely true um somebody said i put i pulled up a plantain with roots today the roots were covered with what looked like gray aphids any ideas what they are i've never found aphids below ground before that's unusual. Um, I don't think well, it's Yeah, try and get a really good photograph. And then there's a fantastic app you can use um, that some fans already have. It's Google Photos. And on that is Google Lens. And it's basically Googling with a photograph. And that might help with identification. If that doesn't work, just you can send me the photograph and I can um, have a look. But you might have, yeah, it depends if they were crawling or stick into the plant or yeah just just um either google lens it or send me some good photographs with a bit of a description of what you're growing where you're growing it and we'll we're, i've got a technical team as well so they can have a look yeah it's unusual how can you identify native ladybirds from invasive ladybirds is there such a thing as an invasive ladybird no there's there's 25 species of ladybirds in this country and i think people um think that it's a bit of a red squirrel gray squirrel race but actually the species here now are all all native the ones that people seem to um that think are invasive species actually have been here a really long time and they're classed as native species now but we only sell um the adelia with the six spots the six spotted ladybirds which are more the traditionally native ladybirds so it's not true the amount of spots they've got tell you their age as you're growing up as a no, child. Isn't it? No. 
I don't know what it is. I think it's just random. But as a child, I used to count them and think that's how old it was, which obviously it could never be. But I think I believed it when I was a child. Yeah, the the native versus invasive thing, none of the products on sale are invasive species. If If they're available to buy to home gardeners, then they are completely safe to be released outside. They're not going to do any harm to the environment. They, they live here anyway. Should we be squishing any masses of round eggs in the soil? Are they always slug and snail eggs? I don't want to bump off anything else. I found clear ones and white ones today. They probably are. You can, again, use Google Images to, to identify them or um, send them over and we'll have a look. Yeah, you you probably do want to be getting rid of slug eggs at this time of year. It it definitely help you um, next year to have less slugs. Yeah, definitely, Jane. I think send that over and let's have a look. But sounds like yeah, slug and snail eggs. Yes. Well, that they're laying like sixty a time at the moment. Gosh. Any other questions? Anybody got any questions for us tonight? So we know what the main issues are and the main problems we've had this year, and it's been a bit of an odd year. We know how to treat them biologically. We know that some of it requires some patience. But I think one of the main things is that we do forget now going into the winter to carry on. I think, you know, I think that. And also we... People go, oh, if we have a cold winter, they might, you know, they might not... Kill them off. All of, all of the... Pests in this country are native to Northern Europe, so they're going to be fine. They've got survival techniques. They have an overwintering um, phase, circles, hibernation, whatever you want to call it. But they all have a status over the winter. They're not going to disappear with a cold winter, and we're unlikely to have a cold winter. And yes, this year has been different, but it's probably going to continue along this vein. The weather isn't going to go back woods it will continue to be um warm mild possibly possibly damp but yeah you shouldn't really plan for this being a one-off i think the one of the really important things in pest control is to be quite mindful of what happened and when what what attacked what and what the weather was at the time so that next year you can be prepared you can maybe think about planting things um in different places away from each other if they're all attracted to the same pests yeah that's companion planting maybe you've got some sacrificial plants that you want to plant around we, the things yeah that you're trying we, did to that lupins. we did that with lupins and aphids on lupins and we probably grew in four different areas three were not affected and one was completely overrun and i yeah. have there's no science to it it's just that's what happens so yeah i mean it can backfire because you can then attract more aphids to an area and it's it's scary to see an influx of pests and yes they will then spread themselves around so i think you you have to experiment with it but all of gardening is experimenting yes and continuing to learn and still things going wrong Um, yeah so yeah i mean i mean there were things i thought what we we were talking the other day and saying you know the 10 things that we learned this year and this Mm -hmm. is 10 on in flower farming and we're still 10 things we've learned this year we should we should have done better than we didn't do so i think there will never be a year that that doesn't happen so we don't know it all yeah and i think the thing with pest control as well apart from being prepared from experience um there's only certain pest uh, controls that you can put in place prevent preventatively is probably the wrong 
word, but we've all got slugs. So you can definitely treat the slugs in a preventative way. Um, you can all do a really good deep clean to um, stop anything that's lingering, coming back in bigger numbers next year. But until uh, most of the predators, until the pest is present, you're not going to, um, unless you're a proper commercial nursery, yeah, then yeah. No, you're not going to put them in preventatively because it's it's a big cost to do that. Um, there are preventative products that we have that are perfect for home and amateurs that are slow release for thrips and spider mites um and to a certain extent the white fly cards and yes i definitely recommend if you've had problems with any of those three pests in the past to get those in nice and early next year so you're catching all of those pests as they're starting to stretch their legs in the spring and just get them um but it's being really vigilant um as soon as you spot something jump on it because it's much easier when it hasn't multiplied and infested a plant or um a space yeah because obviously they've got a lifespan haven't they you know you can't keep nematodes and you can't keep parasitic wasps you've got to you can't, there's not much yeah you can't really you, there's nothing you can keep the nematodes will keep in the fridge for a couple of weeks if you haven't got time to do them when you receive them but i would never tell people to buy them in advance and the, the only thing that you can really have up your sleeve is horticultural soap which is really good and, and yeah, definitely your first line of defense and great for cleaning as well so definitely have a bottle of horticultural soap at all times so that when you first spot those first aphids or on in the spring or on a new plant or just suddenly cropped up out of nowhere you can douse them while you're getting your controls in place that's exactly what we did we doused them before we got the control in place because you're yeah. right it's not something that you can keep and, and think right i can use it now um and i think you just got to that's why you've got to got to be really really on it quickly because otherwise yeah, you do you really do and we would always suggest people use a horticultural soap when they're waiting for their predators to arrive yeah. predators don't know how many pests you've got <laughs> so they're you'll apply them and they'll just start eating but they won't be like hang on a minute lads there's loads of aphids in this polytunnel so we're gonna have to work really hard they're just gonna graze yeah you would expect any animal insect to and that's why you have to be patient and that's what i learned and that you have to hold your nerve really in a way yeah and i think that's fine yeah so i think the other thing people often ask is, can you keep the predators going? And the yeah. only way you're going to keep the predators going is you, if you continue to feed them and they eat pests. And I really don't think you want to introduce more pests. So on the whole, if your predators are dying out because they've got nothing to eat, they've done their job, it's fine, they can go. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, no, we've been really lucky then from them onwards, but I will reorder my nematodes now. You've got me going. I'm going to take the temperature of the soil and I'm going to make sure I don't have any in the spring. Yeah, and just go on the farmer's weather forecast if you can't bother to go out there with a thermometer. It's great. Yeah, yeah, live by it. Yeah. Where can they get hold of you or send any photos or any questions that people have got, Tessa? So photos are best on email. And it's yeah. just plantcare at ladybirdplantcare.co.uk. And the email is on the Facebook page and on the um, 
Instagram. You can also sign up for emails and I try to make the emails really timely. So I only talk about pets that are interesting now. So they can act as a bit of a reminder of what to look for. Once a month I do a round off of the most popular products, which is a great way of seeing what other people have been buying. So potentially what you should be buying. And then pest focuses on pests that are right for that season or happen to be really bothering people at the moment. So sign up to the emails and you'll get those timely reminders. And then um, DMs on email uh, on Facebook or um, Instagram. Just with the photo identification, it is easier to do by email. But you can send me a message on one of those platforms and I'll just give you the email address to send me the photograph. Just makes it easier to make them bigger so I can see what's going on or forward them onto the technical team on email. So, But chatting on um, any of the platforms is fine. I can always give you the email address from Instagram and the Instagram and the Facebook are just Ladybird Plant Care. Just push together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. I have shield um, bugs. Somebody has shield bugs in abundance. What should I yeah, do? Yeah, so there isn't a predator for them. The recommendation is to walk around with a bucket of soapy water and plop them in there. Um, and there is a grazers. So grazers do organic sprays and there's a grazer spray i think for shield bugs i don't sell those sprays but there is i think there is a, a, a grazer spray for shield bugs and it's only really a problem if they're doing harm there's lots of there's lots of bugs in the garden but not all of them are causing a problem yeah brilliant lovely keep your questions coming and those who are obviously catching up on replay then keep asking your questions and i can make sure that they're getting over to tessa that will be lovely and yeah, let's go forward and get rid of the slugs for next year. Because if we all do it, there'll be less slugs everywhere. Yeah, that's the thing. We all need to do it because otherwise, you know, next door is going to send their slugs. They travel and they're homing. Yeah. So if you if you just if you just pop them in a different bit of the garden, they're just going to move. And if you just pop them over the back fence, that's going to happen too. Yeah, <laughs> I've tried that one before. Shh. <laughs> brilliant okay so thanks very much tessa for joining us we can all go bake up bake up i'm going to do that i'm going to eat some cake whilst watching bake off oh that sounds nice yeah i haven't got any cake that's a bit annoying thank you for listening this has been the cut flower podcast please do join us on our facebook group the cut flower collective for lots more hints and tips thank you